Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're going to get right back into our series that we've been doing concerning the great king. And that's really what Matthew is trying to bring out in all of his gospel is the reality of the king, Jesus. And so when we left off in chapter 7, we were going through the the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' major discourse in the gospels, in which he's basically answering a question, because remember, he's being surrounded by a multitude of people who are poor people, common people, who, to be honest with you, are the unacceptables. They weren't very religious because they weren't accepted by the religious crowd. They weren't Pharisees, therefore they weren't middle class. They were oftentimes called sinners. And they knew that. So there comes this prophet who's proclaiming a message and who's proclaiming a message of love and who's talking about God, and and it's like, okay, uh, who can be a part of this kingdom? And so Jesus has been throughout this whole whole sermon that we've been looking at talking about who can be a part of the kingdom. So he's been talking about heart issues. He's been talking about attitudes. He's been talking about the different things that reflect someone who is truly seeking after God. So now he's coming to the close of his sermon. We're going to be looking at that now. We're going to be looking at verse 13 through 20, but verses 13 through the end of this chapter is really the close of the Sermon on the Mount. And so he's going to wrap up his whole discussion now And he's going to talk about who can be a part of the kingdom. Now, we struggle with this. We really wrestle with this concept, and I'll tell you why. especially true today. We wrestle with it because we live in a culture that, for the most part, is very pluralistic. Do you understand what I mean by that when I say pluralistic? There is a plurality of thought concerning who can go to heaven. In fact, it's the most common thought. It's it's the only place in the world where people think this way is America. And that is Americans believe that all religions lead to one thing and they all go to heaven. That Americans believe that. If you get outside of America, nobody believes that other than Americans. Americans believe that all ways lead to heaven. So there's our struggle. We're in this pluralistic culture where we want to believe that everybody's going to make it. But there's a problem. Jesus never said that. In fact, I'm going to point out two things about the struggle for us. Two things about the struggle. We wrestle with the exclusive claims of Jesus. We wrestle with the exclusive claims of Jesus. Because we live in a culture where everybody thinks that everybody's going to make it. So we wrestle, listen to me, we wrestle when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Did he really say that, George? Yeah, he did. Well, that's not, that's not politically correct. That's not appropriate in our culture. That's pretty intolerant, don't you think? Yeah, if you look at it from the viewpoint of our culture. And see, this is why we wrestle. This is why we struggle. 
We struggle with the exclusive claims of Jesus, that he is the only way to heaven, that he is the king of the universe, and he is it. We wrestle with that. We struggle with that. We don't know what to do with that. Especially, here's the thing, I don't know about you, I wrestle with it because I like hanging out with people. And when I'm at the Y in the morning, I want to believe that they're all going to make it. And the natural tendency of me is to say, well, they're a good guy. They believe. So we wrestle with it. We wrestle with the exclusive claims of Jesus. Here's the second thing. The struggle is evident in our unwillingness to share Jesus with others. The struggle that we have with the exclusive claims of Jesus is evident in our unwillingness to share Jesus with others. See, here's the thing. If you really believe, listen to me, if you really believe that Jesus is the only way, Jesus alone is the only way to salvation, and that there is no other way to to salvation other than through Jesus, that will motivate you to see your friends, your relatives, the people you work with, and your neighbors come to Jesus Christ. You would begin to pray for them. God, open their eyes. God, they need to see their need for you. You would look for opportunities of doing loving service for them so that they could see Jesus in your life. And then finally, you would look for the opportunity that God may give you to what? Talk with him. Not being bashing over the head Bible talk but simply being a witness to what Jesus is doing in your life and that how they need Jesus in their life. Do you understand what I'm saying? If the reality of Jesus is real to you and you understand the exclusiveness of his claims, that's going to motivate you to want to share your faith because you realize that's the faith that they need to get to heaven. That's the faith that they need to get to experience Christ. That's the faith that they need to get out of their darkness that they're in. That's the faith that will bring to them the forgiveness of sins, the removal of shame. But see, we're unwilling to do that. Why? Because I don't really think we grasp the exclusiveness of Jesus. You say, you know, okay, George, all right, hold on, hold on a minute, George, hold on. You sure that's not you? Are you sure you're not, because you're a pastor, you're, you're part of the system, you're part of the, you're, you're part of the ecology of church, and, and you're supposed to say that kind of stuff, and you know what, and you're just one opinion, and everybody's opinion, you know, it, we live in a culture today where your opinion is no different than anybody else's opinion, and are you sure about that? Well, you know what, if it was my opinion, you're right. We could wrestle with it. You could discredit it. But the reality is it's not my opinion. It's what Jesus says. Jesus is the one who makes those claims. Folks, and it's because Jesus made those claims that they put them on the cross. Do you understand what I'm saying? What kind of impact is that making in your life? So let's look at what Jesus says about this. And hopefully we can carry something away because here's the reality. This is, this is serious business. This is serious stuff this morning. Why? Because it's talking about who can be a part of the kingdom. Who can be a part of the kingdom. So look with me. Let's look together. Chapter 7, verses 13 through 20. Here's what Jesus says. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate. 
and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes and figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to, we're going to take these sections of verses and we're going to really divide them into two sections. We're going to look, first of all, at verses 13 and 14 and talk about the stark reality that Jesus paints. He gives us a stark reality that you and I need to grasp. And then because of that reality, he's going to tell us in verses 16 through 20 to be on guard. He's going to tell us to be on guard. And especially today, let me just be flat out honest with you, if you live in North America and if you call yourself a Christian and you go to church, you need to be on guard, period. You need not accept anything anyone says unless you can find it in Scripture. And that includes me. You need to take what I say and take open your Bible and say, is George saying the right thing or not? And if not, you don't need to come here. Go somewhere else where they teach it. That's just reality. So let's look at it. Let's look at the stark reality. Look with me, first of all, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Three things I want you to see here when we talk about the stark reality. First of all, Jesus tells us that there's only one way to enter the kingdom. Jesus tells us there's only one way to enter the kingdom. Best way I could illustrate it is this. I once heard a, a preacher share this illustration. I thought this is a great illustration. How many of you have ever been to the airport? You've been to the airport and you know, if you've been to the gateways, you know how big it is and it's big enough so that you could carry your luggage with you. I know they tell you one carry-on and one personal bag, but you ever been at the airport gate and there comes that lady and she's got like five bags in tow and you're wondering how did they let her get through? And then she gets on first and takes up half of the overhead bins. And you just got your little bag because you're following the rules. You've been there? That's a gate. Now, have you ever been to the amusement park and they have you go through those turnstiles? And you try to carry your little bag of the, or the, the stuffed animal you just won with you through the turnstiles? Doesn't go too good, does it? You can't bring that stuff with you through a turnstile, can you? That's kind of like what Jesus is talking about. We want to think that going to heaven is like going into a gate and we can carry all of our baggage with us. But the reality, it's like a turnstile, which is only enough room for who? You. See, this is the point that Jesus is saying to us. There's only one way to the kingdom. Narrow is the gate. Narrow is the way. He's the way. It's him. It's only him. Because we want to think that there are many ways. Now, this is the second point he makes here in verse 13. Jesus tells us there are many other ways that only lead to hell. 
That's not nice, George. Yeah, but that's what Jesus said. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And notice what he says. And there are many, many who take that way. Do you you understand what I'm saying? Many who take that way. Many who want to, you know, who want to add something to it, who want to be able to take their luggage with them, who want to be able to take their garbage with them, who want to be able to take their own way of thinking, who want to take their allowance for the way they should live their lives, who want to be able to do whatever they do. Many are the way. But the problem is, is the way they're taking, if they're ignoring what Jesus is saying, is leading them to only one place where? Hell, destruction. See, that's what's missing, I'll be honest with you. I'm missing in a lot of preaching today, a lot of teaching today in the church is we've removed any concept that there's a judgment. So hell's not real to us. Hell's not real to us. And, you know, and here's the thing. Remember I told you? Here's the thing. This is all part of Jesus' exclusive claims. Remember I told you, because we don't grasp Jesus' exclusive claims, we don't really sense the need to share with others. Well, listen, if you don't grasp the reality that he's the only way to heaven and that all other ways lead to hell, whether there's you don't believe in any way or not, that's all leading to hell, you, you understand you're not going to feel the need to share with anybody because everybody's going to be okay. The only people who go to hell are really bad people. ISIS, Saddam Hussein, Adolf Hitler. Everybody else is going to make it. So Jesus says, look, Jesus tells us there are many other ways that only lead to hell. You and I need to grasp that. We need to own it. Here's the third thing he says. Look with me at verse 14. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Now here's the third thing I want you to see about the stark reality. And this one is something that you and I need to grasp. So put a star by this point. This is one that you and I are not going to like. But this is what Jesus is saying here. Sadly, few embrace the only way to enter heaven. Sadly, few embrace the only way to enter the kingdom. Here's the the sad reality. Here's the thing that you and I need to grasp. The reality is, is not everybody's going to make it. Not everybody's going to experience the kingdom. Not everybody, everybody's going to be saved. I don't care how sincere they are. You could be sincerely wrong. The reality is, as he's saying here, Jesus is saying, the way is narrow. There's only one way. It's me. But few. And the word means few. There's no adding to it. There's no asterisk with that word there that kind of got a footnote that says, oh, and including these folks here. It's saying few find it. Few experience it. So that means the rest are going to hell. Now let's just stop for a moment. These two verses that we just looked at here from Jesus' words, they make me feel uncomfortable. Because you can't take them any other way. Oh, well, George, you know, you maybe you're reading it wrong. George, maybe you're explaining it wrong. Maybe the Greek has a different way of looking at it. Look, I've looked at the Greek. It's the same thing. Why we feel uncomfortable is, is because we wrestle. We go back to that first point when I talk about our struggle. Here's our struggle. We struggle with the exclusive claims of Jesus. Bottom line. We struggle with it. 
because we want, here's what, because we want everybody to be a part of the kingdom, right? We want everybody to be saved. We want everybody to, 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 to have that experience with Christ as we do. We want to believe that they're all going to make it. But that's not what Jesus is saying here, folks. Jesus isn't saying that. Jesus is making it very clear that those who make it, those who find their way through the narrow gate, are few. Few. So we've got to, we've got to grasp that. And because of that, that should, can I be honest with you? Here's what it does for me. If I were to get in my vehicle today, this afternoon, and decide that I'm going to go to Walmart and dodge the return line and look for something to buy, I'm going to be in a place filled with people, and the reality, if it really grasps me, is, is I'm going to wake up to the reality while I'm there. Most of these people don't know Jesus. And I know their destiny because they don't. It's going to break my heart. See, that's what I think is lacking in the church today. Can I be honest with you? Let's just be, let's just be honest. Let's just get personal for a moment. Our hearts aren't breaking for the people we love. We just assume they're always going to be around. And at some point they're going to come to their senses. On their own. We just assume that our neighbors are going to turn on and watch Billy Graham. You know, he's not on TV anymore, so find somebody else for them to figure out to watch. Do you know who the fastest growing group religiously in America is right now? Do you know who it is? Is it Islam? No, it's not Islam. They're called the nuns. And I'm not talking Catholic, okay? N-O-N-E-S. Here's what they believe. Nothing. They don't believe anything. And they're the fastest growing group in America. In fact, they're the fastest growing group in the Northeast. They don't believe anything. Have you let that sink in? See, that's the stark reality. Jesus goes on then in verses 15 through 20, and he's going to tell us to be on guard. He, he's going to tell us as people, this is for you and I who, who, who know Jesus Christ. This is for you and I who believe that Jesus is the only way to salvation. This is, this is for you and I who believe that Christ is the only way to heaven. Faith in Christ alone. This is for you and I. He's telling us to be on guard. <coughs> Against who, George? Well, look what it says here. Verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can it be nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. 
Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Here's what he's telling us. Verse 16. Jesus calls us to watch out for false teachers who will deceive us. Watch out for the false teachers who will deceive you. Deceive us about what, George? Deceive you about the exclusive claims of Jesus. He's telling you that they'll come in sheep's clothing. What does that mean? They're going to come and they're going to act like you. They're actually going to come and they may even call themselves Christians. But what they're going to tell you is, is that it's okay. You can have Jesus plus all this other stuff. You don't even need to believe in Jesus. You just need to do all this other stuff. And my friends, I'm going to be honest with you. America is getting filled up in Christian circles today with, with many who are preaching a false gospel that you can do whatever you want to do. Be okay, because everybody's going to make it. And, and, and they come in different shades. They, they appeal to your moralism. You know, there's, there's the, the preachers of moralism today who, who, who believe that everybody in America should be acting this way. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah. As long as we act that way, we're going to be okay. Folks, acting that way isn't going to get you to heaven. Jesus is the one who gets you to heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or, or there's the preachers of patriotism. And they have a concept of America that no other, nobody else has in America, but they'd have it. And they got churches that follow after them, and, and that's their gospel as a, as a gospel of patriotism. Folks, Jesus didn't come to call nations to Christ. He came to call people to Christ. And narrow is the way. You, you've got to, you've got to recognize that. There are false teachers out there. And all the other epistles, Peter will say to you that they will come from among us. What does that mean? They will literally come up within our churches and we'll think they're okay because they'll profess to believe the things you believe, but they'll actually teach something subtly a little bit more to it. That there's another way to get to heaven. Oh, they'll add Jesus into it. See, here's the thing. He's telling you to beware. If you're going to believe in the exclusive claims of Jesus, you need to beware. Now, why do we need to beware, George? Why do we need to beware? I'm going to tell you right now. Because if you listen to their message, if you embrace what they're saying, you're not going to feel the burden to share the gospel with anybody else. Did you hear what I said? Because if you listen to what they're saying, they're going to water down Jesus' exclusive claims so much that you're not really going to feel the pressure for your loved one to come to Christ anymore. You're not going to feel the pressure for your relative or your neighbor or for the person that you work with or, or anyone. You're not going to feel the pressure for anyone to come to Christ because you're going to say, well, you know, I'm listening to this guy and he says everybody's going to be okay. So you've got to beware of false teachers. And they're out there, folks. They're out there. How do we know them, George? How do we know them? How can we tell? Well, here's one way. You can identify false teachers by the way they live their lives. You can identify them by the way they live their lives. 
See, the problem is, is here, I'm going to be honest with you. The problem is, is today, we look at what a preacher says more than how a preacher lives. Just being honest with you. We look at what a preacher says more than how a preacher lives. And I'm going to be honest with you. That's what a false teacher is supposed to be judged by, by the way they live their life, because they know what to say. So Jesus is saying, you're going to know them. You're going to know them by the fruit that they bear. Now, what is fruit here? Now, here's the problem. Some of our churches, we've, 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 we've defined fruit as people getting saved. Now, that's not what fruit is talking about. Fruit is talking about the product of your life. Do you understand? Like we have in our backyard a couple of hundred-year-old pear trees. Nothing comes off of them but old, hard pears. That's what I expect. Now we've got a couple of other trees that we've just planted that are apple trees. We're waiting for those babies to bloom. Now here's what I don't expect. I'm not expecting next spring to walk out there if the frost doesn't kill the buds and all of a sudden see apples growing on a pear tree. A pear tree is only going to produce what, folks? Pears. That's the product of their life. A false teacher is only going to produce from his life. He may talk a good talk, but he's only going to produce in his life what? What's false? See, this is what Jesus is talking about. We're talking about the exclusive claims of Christ here. So you can identify false teachers by how they live their lives. Really, George, are you sure about that? Here, put this down, notes in your side notes. Read this on your own. 2 Peter chapter 2, the whole chapter, 2 Peter chapter 2, deals with the identification of false teachers. And here's what it does. It does not talk about what they teach. The whole chapter is focused on, are you listening to me, how they live their lives. He goes on. Here's the third point I want you to see about the issue of false teachers. And this is the point that I want you to get and I want you to grasp. Because we're talking about you and I have to grasp the, the exclusive claims of Jesus. You and I have to grasp what he's saying here so that it impacts our lives. It impacts what we're going to do with it. Here's what he's saying here. Look with me at verse 19 and 20. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Here's the point. The reality of eternity requires us to examine who's influencing us. I'm going to say that again. The reality of eternity, the fact that people, a lot of people are going to hell, few are going to make it into the kingdom. The reality of eternity requires us to examine Who's influencing you? Who's influencing you? See, you and I need to have that kind of same approach, period. Who are you listening to on the radio? Did you understand what I'm saying? Who are you allowing to influence you? And what, what is that influence doing in your life as far as the gospel, what you believe and what you believe about others and their need for the gospel. Do you understand what I'm saying? The reality of eternity requires us to examine who's influencing us. 
So the reality of eternity requires us to examine who's influencing us. That's what Jesus is saying. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.